is P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. I'm back in New York yeah. <laughs> after spending several days in Texas with Shelby. It was great seeing you. I know. We failed to record an episode together, though, which seems silly, but... Well, the oh, well. frigging Oscars had to announce <laughs> their nominations on Tuesday morning, which is after I had yeah. already left your place. It was, <laughs> and then like I don't know when you watched them, but I I like watched the actual taping or like the presentation oh, wow. of it, not just the list. So I was sitting at the airport, like getting ready to fly home, like <laughs> watching these as my plane is boarding. So whoa, what a fan! I don't even know who read them this year. It was Camille Nanjani and the mom from Blackish. I can't remember. Tracy. Oh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes. Yes. They're fun. I mean, you know, they're basically yeah. just reading <laughs> names with, with a lot of like, oh, I'm so tired banter in between. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're a little tired. We're doing this later than usual, but um, I feel like it's been sort of a slow week. And I don't know if that's just because we were busy you know, being present in the moment, like living our lives together, like face to face. We were eating a lot of food. So that could have been it. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't have time for the drama, you know, but do you have, do you have anything for tell me something I don't know? I mean, uh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I feel like the two, the two biggest stories are both like depressing gross men stories. So I I feel like let's just get them out of the way. So, number one, uh, Chris Brown was accused oh, of yeah. rape, which, yeah, like, totally is anyone shocking. surprised? Yeah, I never saw that one coming, I guess. I'm, I'm a little... <laughs> yeah. I mean, after the... I feel like Chris Brown is an odd case because he obviously had this huge thing where he beat Rihanna and it was in the press and he kind of like died but then for whatever reason he was gone for a little while and he seemed to come back and has been living this second life as a reincarnated you know like (laughs) semi remorseful pop star I guess because maybe Rihanna got back with him at some point is that why he was given a pass but now he has raped somebody so I think this is maybe the death <laughs> knell for him. He's old anyway. So like, yeah. let's just be rid of him. Uh, well, it's just like, it's weird because he's always been like sliding into Rihanna's comments and stuff and has just kind of been like obsessed and weird and like trying to play it cool. And I've never liked him since that whole ordeal. But I think it happened at a time where people were like, oh, well, I still like his music, you know, whereas now I think people yeah. are more like you can't really separate the art from the artist. Except Justin Bieber, I saw because Chris Brown has denied the rape and the rape charge. And uh, Justin Bieber got onto his Instagram and commented on Chris Brown's Instagram and was like, oh, no one can touch you. You're the goat. Like, love you, you know? Oh, well. I. <laughs> so Justin Bieber still believes in Chris Brown. I guess he's still relevant enough for him. But I'm just excited Spotify is going to start letting us mute different artists so that I can just cut chris brown out of my life wait 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 wait. but that wasn't already a thing no (laughs) so what you can like click to get to yeah people and then they don't show up on any of your playlists or whatever yeah i think exactly oh i have some people to pick that are not from like sorry (laughs) mumford and sons (laughs) you've been muted (laughs) i know it's actually funny because spotify 
you know, a few months ago, they did the whole, we're removing R. Kelly from our playlist and everyone got mad. And so they were like, JK. And so they announced this as like sort of a peace offering. They're like, oh, well, they'll still technically like be on our platform and like their fans can still like get them money and stuff. But we're just going to let you guys choose who to like not listen to, which is it's a step. And honestly, yeah, like you said, it's not just for people who are like morally opposed to hearing. It's like going to be a useful feature for all those Iggy Azalea and <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> songs I want to skip. But <coughs> Taylor yeah. Swift. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Something in my throat. You wish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do. I do think that that's a good sort of like compromise if you will because right. it does get into some gray area if you're like pulling people off you're the platform censoring. for yeah. yeah for like moral issues i mean like yes some people do terrible terrible things but that is like getting into the freedom of speech right. kind of thing a little bit so this yeah. seems like a more of a happy medium i don't know do you have another story that is more <laughs> uplifting or well <laughs> probably not this is sort of relevant too but brian singer oh he yeah he's been he had four more accusers come out uh, accusing him of sexually assaulting them as underage boys so this is the director of bohemian rhapsody which got quite a few nominations not for yeah. best director we'll get they're into trying that. to yeah <laughs> they're trying to separate it but rami malik the star had was asked about it um in an interview this week and he was basically like just trying to distance himself and said like oh, I never heard that about Brian. Like, I didn't know it. I was really, I was brought on before him. Like, I just blah, 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 didn't know. But the weirdest was, he was like, I was just really getting into character. I really wanted to do my best. So maybe like Freddie himself, like protected me from knowing the worst. Oh my about gosh. It. You know, like some woo, 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 woo These stuff, actors but... <laughs> need to like calm down. Sometimes I listen to podcast interviews with, with them and I'm like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like you are smoking <laughs> something and yeah. it is a, like another level. <laughs> the thing with the Rami Malik Brian Singer mm-hmm. issue is that part of the reason supposedly why Brian Singer was like kicked off the film and then another person was brought on is that they he him and Rami Malik butted heads a lot, not necessarily yeah. about this, but about other things. So there is a little bit of like, even though I think Bohemian Rhapsody's shot at winning and uh, best picture is like dead in the water at this point, because you don't want to give that to a film directed by somebody <laughs> who has like multiple sexual Hopefully, assault allegations yeah. against them. <laughs> I do feel like Rami Malik could still win just yeah. for the fact that voting for him sort of feels a little bit like you're voting against Brian Singer since they had such a contentious relationship. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. we'll see how that goes, I guess. I don't know. Unfortunately, it's a real possibility. But I mean, yeah, it's kind of sad news this week. Did you have any <laughs> uplifting? Well, I mean, probably the saddest news of them all is that Taylor Swift was posting pictures <laughs> of her on the Cats set. So I know it's happening, guys. I'm not. I'm not ready for it. So, I don't. So want I have it. a. Qu- I have a question. So I've never listened yeah. to Cats. I don't know the plot of Cats. Taylor Swift is in this movie, and we now know mm-hmm. the character that she is. Is this like a lead role? Is this a supporting role? Like, how much of her is going to be in this movie, and how much <laughs> is it going to be like on her shoulders? I think it's a. I think it's a supporting. It's sort of um, the comedic relief. Like she's like the ditzy. 
optimistic kitty cat. I don't know. I think I tried watching the movie version once and I could not figure it out. I was very young at the time. I think the story's like sort of weird and out there. So I'm not sure like what the plot exactly is, but I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift's character is not like the main character. I feel like homework for your other podcast (laughs) in this off season is that you should watch it and do an episode kind of like scouting out (laughs) the terrain for her because I, because that makes me even more skeptical if we're hiring Taylor Swift on is the comedic relief for a movie. (laughs) Like, is she known for being funny? Not that I'm Yes, yes, she's quick witted. Have you ever watched her interviews? You need to get involved in the Taylor Swift community. Like she's she's sharp, she's fun, she does a great Minnesota mom impression. So you can look that up later. Listen, I have listened to every <laughs> single one of your Taylor Swift podcasts. There's like 30 some at this point. And yeah. never once in all of those did I get the feeling that <laughs> ah yes, comedic genius Taylor Swift needs to be starring in sitcoms as comedic well, relief. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, she she's not writing the script. It's not her responsibility okay. to like make the joke. Gotcha. She just has to gotcha. deliver. And she's okay. I would say she's fairly, you know, she she can play the yeah. ditzy role probably better than like an emotionally I don't know. You know that like is true. That is true. Depth, that is true. You know? <laughs> I would so rely on her, her yeah. More for the more for the the dumb one than the Fontaine uh, role. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I guess that so. makes sense. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Do you have any other news, breaking well, news this stories? this is exciting for me. I've become an Ariana Grande stan, I guess. Um, oh, and yeah. she released her track list for her new album coming out in February called Thank You Next. And so the track list she's kind of teased before, but this one is a little newer and like reveals the full thing. And I guess... Um, she removed one song called Remember and explained on Inst- Twitter or something that she was like, it's too personal. I don't want to share it with the world. So she added a fun one called Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored, which is like <laughs> an amazing title. And I'm so excited to hear it, especially because it was leaked that it samples in syncs It Makes Me Ill which oh. I had like forgotten about, but revisited, and I'm really stoked for it. So hopefully it lives up to its name. I mean, I am I am very pumped for that. As I don't know <laughs> yeah. how old I was when InSync came out, but my cousins, yes. my older, like very cool cousins, were very into InSync. So I then <laughs> was also because I was trying to you know be like more like them. But <laughs> the single that you subjected me to at your house. <laughs> yeah. The Seven Rings, seven yeah. rings with yeah. the my favorite favorite what is things. it Sound of Music yeah. is that yeah. what that's in Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one was left uh, left me desiring more. So I think yeah. that hopefully <laughs> hopefully the In Sync sample is a yeah. little stronger than the Edelweiss <laughs> sample. I love it. I love it. But yeah, we're I'm hopeful too. I think it'll be a good. It'll be a bop, a certified bop. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, well, may- well maybe maybe we'll do our first like full music uh could be interesting honestly I need it I think I'm craving like Ariana's drama just because Taylor Swift's like album it had a few like drama stuff but she's now like in a committed relationship and I'm kind of like there's not the same level of like gossipy who's this song about what is this referencing what can we glean from this title so I'm all for it I'll get my analyzing on oh yeah and and Ariana Grande's (laughs) 
past is just fraught with all kinds of strange encounters. I wonder yeah. if there'll be a song about the time she licked the donut or maybe <laughs> a maybe a, a snarky song about Victoria Justice. You never know what is yeah, going to exactly. pop up on this album. I know. But um, more predictable, I guess. We have the Oscar nominations to jump into. Yes. <laughs> this is what we have been waiting for. Well, not exactly these nominations but <laughs> but the oscar nominations yeah i know looking through the list of like i think it's 75 movies i saw last year i'm surprised by the ones that managed to make their way to the oscar nominated label it's just surprising what clawed its way to the top here it always is because there's so many (laughs) movies that come out every year and there's always a couple from the beginning of the year that somehow managed to hang on you know like a black panther that Mm -hmm. that then get nominated lots of them are coming late in the year there's always movies that you think oh this for sure is going to get nominations like i'm looking you first man that ends up you know coming up short so it's 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 a very interesting game of trying to figure out which movies are going to last to the Oscars and which ones aren't. And then, yeah. I mean, even 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 when you think you know, there's lots of surprises <laughs> on this list. So, yeah, I know it sort of was disappointing, but kind of predictable, but surprising still. It was sort of a weird a weird year, I guess. And I don't know if that's just because I'm too close to it now. Like I've actually seen a lot and I'm like more involved in the discussions around all the films, but it just feels like a weak Oscar year. From everything that I have heard, I think that I'm not, I don't know if it's necessarily like a weak year, but there's not strong leaders in most of the main categories. I feel like really all six of the major categories (laughs) have multiple contenders that like could feasibly win. Where last year going into this, it was like you knew Gary Oldman was going to win for The Darkest Hour. Like you knew Frances McDormand was going to win. They had just won all of the precursors. And at this point, there's a like, is it going to be Rami Malek? Is it going to be Christian Bale? Is it going to be Bradley Cooper? Like any of those people could win Best Actor. So I think that... I think that maybe it being a weaker year has added to the suspense of who's going to win. But yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a, it's a it's a it's not your standard fare of Oscar <laughs> picks, I would say. Yeah, I know. And it's sort of the favorite and Roma got the most. I think they each have 10 nominations. Yeah. A Star is Born has eight, but it's kind of a weak one that no one really expects to walk away with much. And then Vice, I think, has eight as well right yeah i mean it's it's a weird grouping because (laughs) if you look at the favorite in roma as kind of okay well they have the most nominations but then if you look down the list at things that they could feasibly win it feels like that they're probably not going to win a lot of things and then if you look I mean, like, A Star is Born also feels weak. Vice, which had eight nominations, got a bunch of bad reviews. Then you have Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book, which had a lot of, like, issues. Uh, If Beale Street Could Talk wasn't nominated for very much stuff, neither was First Man. You have Black Panther, (laughs) but that's a superhero movie. Like, there's a lot. It feels like it's really anybody's game in these top tier because they're all like sort of weak and sort of strong (laughs) yeah yeah how do you how should we get into it i mean i just 
I feel like overwhelmed by all of it because there isn't like a clear favorite and there's not like a real theme to who's taking what. Well, you and I came up with our ideal nominations for the top six categories. So I say we just start by going through those and we can read off the actual nominees and then you and I can both kind of say our lists of who we wish would get nominated and sort of talk about the category. And then once we get through those six, then we can sort of, you know, touch on anything in the below the line categories. But um, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to do you want to start with like one of the supporting people first? Or do you want to do best picture first? Let's do supporting actor. Okay, supporting <laughs> actor. Let me shuffle my notes <laughs> yeah. for this. Okay, down there. We have Green Book, Maharshala Ali, um, nominated Adam Driver from Black Klansman. Sam Elliott for his bit in A Star is Born. Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell is back for Vice. As George W. Bush. (laughs) Yeah. So it was sort of a weird conglomerate. It felt really safe to me. I was surprised they didn't try and recognize people who were doing different things or like having more dynamic roles. So I'm curious, who did you have for your dream list? So my dream list uh, is Mahershala Ali and Richard E. Grant are both on my list. I think they're both great in their movies. And even though Green Book has some problematic elements, I think Mahershala is really good in it. And then to round out my list, I have... Russell Hornsby, the dad from The Hate You Give. <laughs> Me too. I yeah. felt like that performance was just so strong and in a movie that really got overlooked a lot this year, I think because it was a YA movie, but we talked yeah. about that in an early episode and he was really strong. I also have Brian Tyree Henry for If, Be- if Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, yes. He's the... He's the, the friend. friend who shows up. And that's we like a real supporting him. role. He's only in like a couple scenes, but I felt like he really brought it. And he had good work in Widows and in Atlanta. So I thought like throw yeah. him in there. And then my real dark horse pick, <laughs> I feel like is Matthew McConaughey in White Boy Rick, <laughs> which was a movie that got no traction this year. But he was doing a great I Michigan accent. And I loved it. Oh, and So yeah. those are my five. Who do you <laughs> I was going to say we had the same list. But then you just swung far right. But um, I had a, the hate you give the um, friend from Beale Street, Mahershala Ali, Richard E. Grant. Even though I didn't love the movie, but he's so charming. I really want him to win. Yeah, same. And then I was sort of caught because I thought the dad from eighth grade was actually oh, like yeah. really good. I think that the surprise for this category was that Timothy Chalamet isn't in here for oh, yeah. um, a beautiful boy. But for me, that movie like got really no traction this year. And the fact that yeah. he was nominated for anything along the way sort of surprised me. I mean, he was fine in it, but the movie was kind of meh and he was also sort of meh. So I wasn't surprised to see Sam Rockwell knock him off, especially since he is doing like a George W. Bush impression and he won last year. So he seems strong. The person who I also kind of was, maybe expecting was Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther, but I guess, you know, yeah. they didn't really want to give that. I heard either. I mean, yeah, Black Panther didn't get any acting or directing noms. It was mostly technical and then best picture, right? And so people were disappointed about Michael B. And I'm a huge Michael B fan, but I was surprised there were so many gunning for him to get a nomination for acting for that. Cause he wasn't like my favorite 
actor in that movie by a long shot. I sort of feel like it's one of those things where he's been good in a bunch of roles and he was good in that. <laughs> no, but... we're stopping that. I hate that. No more like pity nominations. I can't stand it. It's supposed to mean something, you know? Yeah, no. I, I think it also <laughs> comes from a place of like, okay, if you want to give Black Panther another nomination w- that's an acting nomination, like who do you right. give it to? And he has the character yeah. that's probably the most interesting. Of yeah. who, who do you, like if you could pick anyone from this year, who's your winner? For supporting? Yeah, for supporting actor. Uh, that's nominated or that I wish Just was anybody, yeah. Anyone? Yeah. I guess... Honestly, it would come down to Beale Street, um, yeah. the friend in Beale Street. Because I mm-hmm. thought that was just so powerful and he did so much with such little time. And I honestly love when like the supporting role goes to someone who's barely on the screen. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it just speaks to their power, you know. But I'm yeah. sure he has a bright future ahead of him. Yeah, so. yeah. I would give it to Richard E. Grant. I thought he was really yeah. good in Can You Ever Forgive Me? And I don't think that movie is going to win anywhere else. So I think I, I, would, I would pick him. So supporting supporting actress? Yes. So the nominees, the actual nominees, are Amy <laughs> Adams in Vice, Regina King in If Beale Street Could Talk, Marina de Tavira from Roma, and then Emma Stone and Rachel Vice from The Favorite. I think this list was pretty pretty standard other than the Roma actress was kind of out of left field. And I think people thought that either Emily Blunt or uh, for a quiet place or Claire Foy for first man would get that fifth spot. But otherwise I think this is a pretty predictable set of nominees. Yeah. The only one I would have loved to see uh, Elizabeth Debicki from widows nominated, but I know that's a unpopular (laughs) opinion in this podcast, but I really thought she was so good and I I really loved watching her on screen. And again, she's someone who I think is very talented. So I would probably swap out the Roma supporting actress for her. And those are and that and that would be your five nominees? Yeah. I would keep keep the girls from the favorite, keep Regina King. I would I just love first man and i think claire foy is so good in that <laughs> just standing in shadowed doorways staring at the phone yeah no, she, she has it. lots of <laughs> she like goes to nasa she yells at people she yells at her husband i think she's i think she's good i also yeah. loved natalie portman in vox Lux, oh yeah where she's the pop star that. And she's not in the first half of the movie. She just comes in the second half and is crazy and has a weird accent and sings all of her (laughs) own songs and basically does a concert for 20 minutes at the end of the movie. And I really just thought that she was phenomenal in it and was surprised that she also didn't get more traction in this award season. But you never know. Like, I think the people who got nominated are good. (laughs) Yeah, she's great. She's great. I mean, I liked Amy Adams fine for Vice, but like... Amy Adams has done a lot better things in Vice. Like, we don't need to give right. her a nomination just, like, for the heck of it. Like, there's other people around. Yeah, I agree. Best actor? Who yes, are the nominees? The best actor. So we have... This is the this is a dumb set. It's Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. And this is Bradley Cooper. He didn't get Best Director nomination. So this is his like shot for recognition here. And then Willem Dafoe, I love, but I don't know what this movie is. 
That's the Vincent Van Gogh movie. I have not oh, seen it yet. Oh, that's right. I never. I did not see that. He's playing Vincent Van Gogh. I think that this the nomination for him is a little bit like, oh uh, shoot, we probably should have given you the award for the Florida Project last year, and so <laughs> they're nominating him again here. <laughs> yeah, it's like the theme of the <laughs> yeah year, yeah. I guess. This year is yeah, it's weird. It's like when there's not when there's not something that's like amazing, you kind of look around. and It's like okay, who hasn't gotten awards that we yeah. need to get awards to? Let's get him out of the way. Right. The big the big snub here, I think, was Ethan Hawke for First Reformed. Oh, yeah. Which is yes. one of the people that I would have nominated. Of this list of five people, the only person who I think did a really good job and I would have nominated was Vigo Mortensen, which I know is like a s- little bit skeezy, I but I feel like his acting is really good, even if his kind of, even if the politics of the movie isn't great. But I agree. I couldn't decide between keeping Rami or keeping Vigo because I think, again, like they were both great in those roles, but I hated the roles. So I'm sort of like torn. But I would also add Lakeith Stanfield from Sorry to Bother You, which was just such a weird movie, but I really like loved him in it. And I thought it was such a good role. And then John David Washington deserved a nomination for Black Klansman. I was really annoyed Adam Driver got a nom over him because I really didn't think he did anything really interesting with his part in that movie. Whereas John David Washington was such a joy to watch in that in that movie. So it was sort of annoying that he didn't get any attention for it. Really? I feel like the exact opposite. <laughs> I feel like John David Washington sort of did Driver. nothing. Oh, no. I do not get that love. I don't love Adam Driver either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was not in my pick for best supporting, <laughs> but I I thought he was better than John David Washington. Mm. I, if, if, if I had to round, like rounding out my five, so I have Viggo Mortensen and Ethan yeah. Hawke, and then also... Obviously, I'm going to pick Ryan Reynolds from First Man because of my First Man love. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I think <laughs> that Michael B. That Jordan in Creed mm. 2 was oh, so yeah. good. You're he was great in Creed 1. He's great in Creed 2. Like, there's just so... He has he has to do every single emotion that you could do in a movie in, in Creed 2. Yeah. He's, like, doing physical stuff, and he's crying, and he's in a fight, That's and he's that. in tender moments, and it's, like, comedy and romance and acting with his mom. And it's, like, there's so many things I don't understand why people weren't more into that movie. And then he rounding does, out my five... Preach. <laughs> I have Lucas Hedges in Boy Erased because he's okay. great in that movie, I think is. I think, again, he's like doing a lot. Lucas so. Hedges has been a lot of places now. And I I like like him, but I feel like he's very theater still. Like it's he's very over the top for me. And I'm trying to give him a chance, but I don't think he's there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's very young. <laughs> That's my hot take. Yeah. <laughs> Are you more of a Timothy Chalamet person? I feel like there's like two camps. You're either a Lucas Hedges or you're a Timothy Chalamet. I think Timothy Chalamet is the real deal. Like I, I don't necessarily like love either of their movies more than the other. It's just, I think Timothy is more natural to watch on screen. Whereas like in three billboards, especially. And again, in boy erased for me, it just always felt like he was mono, like Lucas Hedges was monologuing and, kind of like it just felt like he's still holding on to that thea- theater like kid side yeah. of him i don't know yeah. just I needs a little that. practicing there but yeah i think it's really disappointing that ethan hawk isn't on this list like 
Honestly, we've talked about being disappointed by First Reformed's ending, but Ethan Hawke was really good in it. And yeah. it's crazy mm-hmm. that like, it's like you look at this list and it's just people who put on costumes like Christian Bale had a right. fat suit and Bradley Cooper played a drunk and Rami Malek had fake teeth and even Willem Dafoe like cut his ear off or whatever. It was just like them doing extreme physical transformations. And it just seems like a lazy way to give out nominations for best actor when there were so many more dynamic characters. Yeah, there is a, I was reading online and I think they said like 17 of the 20 people who are nominated for acting awards. Maybe that's too high, but a large number of them are playing real life people and that the Oscars seem to skew towards people who are playing like actual humans. And I feel like that that maybe hurt Ethan Hawke a little bit that that if you're voting you can't look at the actual pastor and be like oh Ethan Hawke is doing a good job where you can look where you can watch clips of Freddie Mercury or you can watch clips of Dick Cheney and see oh like the acting is similar but it's really a lot of just costume work and and I agree like Vice I think Christian Bale did a great job transforming into Dick Cheney but then once he got to be Dick Cheney he didn't really have to do much other than sit around and eat so it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> yeah. as exciting for me as I was yeah. hoping it would be. Like, I don't remember. I'm sure he's been nominated and I don't remember if he's won. But Joaquin Phoenix in You Were Never Really Here was another role this year who I didn't love the movie per se, but I really it was so interesting to watch him perform. And it was mm-hmm. another one that just felt like it was looked over because it seemed a little boring or just like, oh, it's a moody Joaquin wandering a city like taking mm-hmm. revenge. So it seems like a weird, this was the weirdest set of nominations for me is just how they didn't even bother to like watch movies this year. It felt like. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. The best actor was the category that I had the least overlap. with. <laughs> yeah. um, but should we move into best actress? Yeah. The nominees for best actress <laughs> in a leading role are Yelitsa Aparizio in Roma, Glenn Close in The Wife, which we had, you know, guest for a while also olivia coleman in the favorite lady gaga in a star is born and melissa mccarthy in can you ever forgive me and i think that really the roma actress like that slot was open and it was like her and viola davis and tony collette and hereditary and emily blunt and mary poppins Mm -hmm. like all fighting over that fifth slot so it makes sense that it seems like this year's Academy really loved Roma and really pushed it into a lot of categories. So the fact that she showed up here and beat out some of those other people didn't necessarily surprise me when I saw it winning in so many or getting so many craft nominations. Yeah, no, I definitely think, I mean, this is like a stronger category. I love the Roma nom. I haven't seen the wife, but Glenn Close like has wooed me this award season. And then obviously Olivia Coleman was amazing in the favorite and Lady Gaga was given. I don't think she deserves it. And Melissa McCarthy, I'd probably trade both of them out to add. And this is weird because I haven't seen the full movie, but I keep seeing the see the dinner table scene spread around. And so Tony Collette should have gotten something. And I feel for hereditary. Yes. And so yes. I was yes. disappointed yes. that the Oscars yes. didn't pull through for her because it's just like you need to start awarding like risky and interesting roles. And these are just all so safe. The Oscars hate horror movies. And I think yeah. it's because the Oscar voters are stuffy old people who are afraid <laughs> to see horror movies. And if you're not going to go see a movie, then you're not going to vote for it. Right. But Tony Collette is 
was my number one pick. She's been my best actress pick since the summer. It's a horror movie, but she, uh, a lot of the scenes are not horror movie scenes. You know, she's right. just being a mom who's grieving in a lot of different ways. Her mother dies and, and she's going through a lot of emotions. And so those scenes are like scenes from a straight drama and she does really well. And then when the movie transitions into the horror escape, she does a great job. Uh, too. I mean, I think everyone should go see yeah. it. Shelby, I know it wasn't nominated, <laughs> so you're probably not going to, but it's great. I watched the Everything Wrong With just so I could see the clips in succession. So I feel oh, like I gotcha. watched it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you saw the I Am Your Mother. Yeah, I definitely Such saw that line. entire dinner scene. I mean, she's. I love Toni Collette. I think she deserves a lot more credit than she's been given in her career. And mm-hmm. so I was really hoping for a surprise to drum up interest in this season for me and I was hoping it would be Tony Collette being nominated because I think that would have gotten people talking and more excited to see what would happen here because I mean I guess it's still a hard race to call with the lead actresses just because you have the fan favorite Lady Gaga but Glenn Close has been winning a lot and then Olivia Coleman. but we'll see yeah I think that I think that Glenn Close will probably win um, yeah. but it is a tight race my five I would obviously have Tony Collette mm-hmm. I'd keep Olivia Coleman and Melissa McCarthy I liked can you ever forgive me a lot more than you yeah. did but yeah. then rounding out the last two slots I would say Regina Hall for support the girls which oh, is a yeah. movie that I really that loved and then Elsie Fisher in eighth grade. Eighth grade got I was no love. Her. I know. From this, and she is fantastic. Gucci. I know she's young <laughs> and awkward and like sort of maybe playing a version of herself. But if, if right. we're giving an award to Lady Gaga, who's playing herself, <laughs> like let's give an award to Elsie Fisher. It's a fair point. Yeah. I think that movie again was just like that role was so dynamic. She had to be so there's anxiety, there was excitement, there was like joy and sadness and trauma. Like it was so visceral to watch. And it seems like that's exactly what the Academy should be celebrating. But they seem really wary of of giving prizes to kids, you know? It's yeah. like mm, they haven't earned it yet. It I mean, it is sort of a little bit understandable when people just show up and then they it's yeah. like, well, like, are you actually talented or did you just get lucky? <laughs> are I mean, I'm just sitting here waiting for you to go on your Viola Davis tangent. Is that coming or? <laughs> yeah, no, she was on there for sure. She rounded out my top five. But I mean, there's not much more to say. Like, I just think the movie was a really interesting movie and I wish it was more celebrated here and I think that would have been an easy nomination to give but I'm not I mean I'm not gonna die on this hill because I think Viola Davis is here to stay and like I think she just continues to get better so I'm sure she'll be back here I mean she yeah she's gotten a lot of good nominations she was so good in Fences like yeah that was an amazing performance um so yeah she's not this wasn't her best movie and it's and it's yeah she didn't need that she didn't need that weird pity nomination that Amy (laughs) Adams is you know lurking around with I know Amy Adams should have just gotten nominated for Arrival again because she was robbed and (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that movie deserved everything if they had been like you know what we're writing her wrong we're putting her up for this one I would have been like yes makes sense there should be a year where <laughs> it's like we're doing two Oscars this year and one of them is just like only things can be nominated that weren't nominated in the last 20 years because I feel like yeah. that would be really good. There's lots of stuff yes. that now people are like that was a that like that is a movie that has stood the test of time and it was beat out by a bunch of weird random yeah. crap. Um, yeah. 
So I guess this brings us to Best Director, which is sort of adjacent to Best Picture, but there's only five slots where Best Picture, there's up to 10. Um, Who are the nominees, Shelby? So this is Spike Lee's first nomination, and it's for Black Klansman. Paul Paolokowski for Cold War, which I had never heard of. <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, Alfonso Caron for Roma, and Adam McKay for Vice. Well, uh, there's there's two things that really stick out in this lineup. First yeah. is that there's no Bradley Cooper, which is <laughs> surprising, which makes me very uh, happy. Yeah, and. Yeah. Which I think goes to show that A Star is Born maybe was the front runner for a little too long, sat on its laurels, and is now struggling. I would be, you know, at the beginning of the season, I said, like, A Star is Born needs no awards. Just, like, give it best song and call it a day. And I sort of feel like somehow we've come back around to that point where it probably is only going to win best song. So I'm Yeah, it's a good thing. But the second thing, which speaks to the broader academy as a whole is that <laughs> there was this like oscar so white a couple of years ago over the past couple yes. of years they've been trying to add more diversity <laughs> into the oscar nominee or to the oscar yeah. voters and one of the big ways that they have done that is by adding a lot of foreign uh yeah. voters into the academy and i think that you can see this in this nomination where pavel pavelkovsky the director of cold war which is a foreign film got nominated yeah. for best director there's some other places like further down like in cinematography and in hair and makeup where foreign directors got in roma has a lot of nominations despite the fact that it's a foreign film so i think that you can see that the way that the diversity is affecting the oscars is mm-hmm. that these foreign films are getting more attention than maybe they used to when it was just like a an older white american voter mm-hmm. base so yeah that's and it's exciting. great it's exciting there there are so many diverse people especially in this category it is very annoying to me though that there are no women nominated yeah. for director there have only been five females nominated for best director and only mm-hmm. one win in the history of the academy so yeah. 91 years five five one hand so it's very irksome and there were so many movies this year by women that I think could have deserved a spot here, especially in place of Adam McKay for Vice, who seems Ugh, like the yes. weirdest part of this list. And my vote would have been for um, You Were Never Really Here, which I thought was just such an interesting film to watch. And I thought the directing was the best part of it, along with Joaquin Phoenix. So. It's just like, go to the movie, guys. Like, open it up. Like, go see movies made by women because they're doing really interesting and amazing thing. And another one was Can You Ever Forgive Me, which got nominated for a few other things, I think, but didn't manage to snag a director nod. So, yeah, yeah. It's my soapbox. Yeah, mine of the five nominees, the only one that I had on my list was Alfonso Coron for Roma. And then I also have, oh, yeah. surprise, surprise, Damien Chazelle for First Man, <laughs> Ryan Coogler for Black Panther, which I think is a, a really well-directed movie. And then I have Bo yeah. Burnham for Eighth Grade and Marielle Heller for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Because that is like, that's like such a New York movie. It's so, yeah. it just like gets the feeling of like winter in New mm-hmm. York so well in every shot <laughs> yeah. and every scene and i think that that's something that 
you know, like should be rewarded. And, you know, when you have things like yeah. Vice, which is like, what is special about Vice <laughs> other than there's, you know, a lot of like weird cut scenes and montages. Like, yeah, it and didn't he already really bring got anything attention to it. for that, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah, it's like, it seems like a lazy list of best directors. Like, honestly, my list would be, I'd keep the favorite. I'd keep Spike Lee. I'd keep Roma. But I would definitely add If Beale Street Could Talk because I thought that was one of the most beautiful yeah. films this year. And it's like snuck in as one of my favorites. And then you were never really here because, again, it was just so, so mesmerizing to see. And so I just think it's upsetting that it's like they can't look past their noses at like these favorites of theirs like adam mckay or whatever and like give it a give it a go for the other movies out there that are making interesting choices for sure well this brings (laughs) us to best (laughs) picture the big category there's yeah they can give anywhere from five to ten nominees um i think they've sort of been settling on eight recently and there was eight (laughs) again this year so there was some so stuff dumb. that was left off, which is weird. Like if Beale Street Talk's not nominated, First Man's not nominated. But what are the yeah. eight movies that are nominated, Shelby? Uh, we have Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. So none of them are really surprises. All of them have been sort of trickling in with different awards throughout the season. Um, people were nervous Black Panther wouldn't make the cut, but it did. And this is its only major award other than the technical ones and the music ones further down. So it's it sort of feels like like an oblig- obligatory sort of nomination. Like I don't think, you know, if they're going to ignore the directing, if they're going to ignore the acting in the script, it's sort of like, well, what are you... <laughs> why are you putting it here like it doesn't have all the pieces that make it a best picture but i'm glad it got nominated yeah i mean it does have seven nominations so it is i mean so it yeah. is i think worthy and it's a really like zeitgeisty movie so i right. i think it deserves a spot i think the question all along wasn't if any of these eight movies would necessarily get in because i think we've sort of felt that they would and just like yeah. whether or not those last two slots would go to Mary Poppins Ugh, Returns yeah. or Crazy Rich Asians or something um, else. The I mean, the only thing I think you can really poke a hole in on this list is the Bohemian Rhapsody nomination. <laughs> but that for me just feels like it was such a hit and people like Queen right. so much and people like Rami Malek so much that it somehow yeah. got a lot of momentum and some nominations. But I feel like it does not stand a chance at winning yeah that's what i don't get is like everyone was up in arms when the oscars were like we're gonna do a popular film category and they're like no this is for the highbrow this is like it's supposed to mean something but a lot of these movies feel like it would have been a popular oscar category like bohemian rhapsody and green book and a star is born and black panther like these are like your usual Oscar noms. Like I know when they opened it to more than just five, it got more mainstream. But even like last year, the Oscars, when I would talk to my friends or my family, like they didn't know all the movies nominated. But this year, everyone knows almost all these movies probably guaranteed except for maybe Roma or like Black Klansman, I guess. But these are like pretty mainstream, well you know, high sellers, like they made money in the box offices. They were known, they were popular, you know? 
Yeah, there's no Moonlight. There's no Call Me By Your Name on this list. These are all... These are all heavy hitters. I mean, Roma is probably the smallest movie on here, but yeah. it's Netflix. So everybody who has Netflix yeah. knows what it is. And you have The Favorite, which is, I guess, sort of an indie movie. But the fact right. that it has Emma Stone in it feels like it makes it a kind of a bigger hit. Yeah. So do you want to give us your your nominees for Best Picture? My nominees, I think, this year... The one I really care about, and I'm just beating a dead horse at this point, is If Beale Street Can Talk. I wish everyone would go see it. I wanted it to get that Oscar push so people would like remember to watch it. And then I was really hoping Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse would pull through with a Best Picture nom. I knew it wouldn't if they gave Black Panther because there's no way they'd do two superhero movies, let alone Mm -hmm. an animated. But that movie was, again, so fresh so original so riveting so well done on every level that it's just bizarre to me that it didn't get a best picture because it is like the best movie of 2018 so honestly it was those two and then i would include the favorite i would include black Klansman, i would include black panther and then i would wish widows was in here which is a controversial pick i guess Uh. and (laughs) and rounded out with you were never really here so what about you mine would be um tag uh blockers <laughs> um that movie yeah, with life uh, of the party yeah life of the party um the <laughs> amy sure. schumer one where she gets hit her oh, head yeah, hit on a bike I feel pretty uh-huh, uh of course man can't forget versus instant the wasp family <laughs> instant instant family's actually good though don't lump that in there with the rest of this trash that we're talking about that was a that was a preview for the bottom of my yeah. uh, of my no. <laughs> I would keep keep Black Panther, keep the favorite, keep Roma, and then you know I have what else would I put in? Hereditary, Eighth Grade, oh, yeah. Creed Two, yeah. The Hate You Give, First Man. Can you ever forgive me? <laughs> like there's there's a lot of you good have to movies let First Man go. Okay, no, you have to no. just let it go. No, 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 no. never. <laughs> Can I? Okay. This is the point of the podcast where I get on this soapbox and then I'll be done with it. First Man is a masterpiece of a movie. You can say that it's not interesting or that it's right. uh, or that it's maybe boring or it, there's not enough emotion to it or it does a disservice to the female characters in it. But those are like small, I feel like nitpicky kind of things. Like right. if you look at the crafts and the artistry yeah. and the script and the music and the acting, like everything is solid in this movie. And the no, fact it's that it, true. And the fact that it only I'll got four nominations and then it didn't get score and that it didn't get cinematography yeah. is is like a joke to me because you can't look at these other movies like Bohemian Rhapsody or (laughs) Vice that feel like if you shake it hard enough, the whole thing will fall (laughs) apart and you stick it up against such like a sturdy movie like First Man and it doesn't win. Like it, this is, this is 100% where you see like, okay, popularity contest and Mm -hmm. like Oscar campaigning and that kind of like peeking through the seams because this movie should be nominated. If it's not nominated for best picture, which it definitely should be it should be nominated for a heck of a ton more of the technical categories yeah no it is like i'm just joking i definitely think it is weird that it got so rejected and it's like this is what's irritating me about the oscars this season and mostly recently is that 
they like play they make these big claims right they're like oh time's up hashtag me too and they're like very like oh we're liberal we want we want to like recognize the people we're we're fostering like great artists but they really just like they're predictable and boring and they're hypocritical and they're they're raising up movies like Green Book, which is very problematic, not only for like the possible behind the scenes drama, the weird director's stuff, but also like the story itself is really not doing anyone any favors. And then the Bohemian Rhapsody, which again has a horrible director at the helm, no matter if they took his name off. And which they didn't really kind of they did not take his name off. It is there (laughs) at the end of the credits. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not doing anyone any favors for the LGBT like community. Like it doesn't paint it very well. And I and it's annoying that they're they balked at like the first man drama, if that's why they kind of stayed away from it. Like it's like I don't know why first man got paid the salt it did because it doesn't necessarily make sense and like yeah I was not that moved by Ryan Gosling I didn't necessarily love the story but it was a stunning movie to watch and it was definitely a beautiful score so it's weird the way that they play around with these like they want to look cool but they're still kind of just basic white bros making these calls (laughs) I mean the the thing to remember about the academy is that it's not like one person or one body or right. one group of people who are like sitting down deciding these right. things it's three thousand people all around the world <laughs> who get an email and they sit down to vote and so yeah. i think like even if the academy like the people who are running it the board of governors or the vocal members inside of it are pushing these different angles it's kind mm-hmm. of like you know whoever is sitting it down at these computers is coming to these movies in a lot of different ways. And we are very keyed into this, but you know, just because you're an Academy member doesn't necessarily mean that you have paid attention to all of these controversies or that you've watched all these movies. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. ways to become an Academy member. And, you know, you could have been nominated for like best film editing, 30 years ago and be an Academy member who's still voting in these awards. But that doesn't mean that you were like, hmm, like, let me go out and see these indie movies and let me like look at things beyond like the the big six or seven movies that you were supposed to see this year. So, I mean, there's... Well, plus it's like, I mean, Damien Chazelle and... um, if Beale Street could talk, yeah, they all just won. They have like, I think people suffer from like Oscar burnout where if someone got too many nominations recently or won recently, then they're just like, oh, well, we won't bother with it this year, which would be okay if they were instead giving those spots to new artists who were trying new things. But instead, they're just cycling back to favorites like, you know, Christian Bale or whatever it is. So it's just, yeah, it can be frustrating. Yeah. So those are the main categories. Like, do you mm-hmm. have either snubs or surprises in the some of the more technical categories that you want to discuss? Well, I think the other one that I really cared about was original score. Because mm-hmm. this year was full of really beautiful scores. And I was surprised by the ones that got passed over. Like, of course, this is where If Beale Street Could Talk shines. And it's well-deserved. And I hope it wins. And then Black Klansman is nominated, as well as Black Panther. And then Isle of Dogs and Mary Poppins Returns, which is just weird to me. I definitely would have given a spot to First Man. I Honestly, the other one that has stuck with me the most is Annihilation, 
which I think had mm-hmm. just a phenomenal score. And I wish that movie had gotten some attention and I think it would have been warranted here. Yeah. First Man won the Golden Globe for best score. So it's surprising <laughs> yeah. that it's not even nominated here. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I guess maybe this makes the path for Beale Street easier. Hopefully. I hope so. Yeah. Because I think that <laughs> is really like the strong suit. It's so beautiful. Here. The thing that I was really surprised about, like on one hand, sort of happy, but uh, like also upset was in the documentary race that I love Free Solo. Like that's my dog in this race. And that did get nominated. And so did RBG. But the other two big documentaries of the the Mr. Rogers documentary and then also Mm -hmm. the Three Identical Strangers were not nominated. And instead we got these smaller movies Hale County this morning this evening minding the gap and of fathers and sons were nominated and I think that on one hand I think this makes the route easier for free solo to win because it's up against Mm -hmm. less stiff competition but I'm shocked that the Mr. Rogers documentary which is like the most successful documentary to come (laughs) out ever did not get an Oscar nomination. Yeah. I I never watched Mr. Rogers so I went and saw that sort of like having no clue and so it didn't really work for me so i wonder if maybe if people didn't have that nostalgia factor if it just wasn't as you know rousing as some of these other sentimental based ones are Mm -hmm. but yeah people were pretty surprised by that and three identical strangers i loved and is such an interesting story but i don't know if it was like the most well done documentary like I don't yeah. know it's sort of hard because you can get really snobby when you're like mm-hmm. oh well how did they do this and it's like I don't know it was still such a good movie that I wish it had gotten a nomination because it was honestly one of my top 10 for 2018 it was so good yeah I mean like when you watch Free Solo it feels like okay this is like a feat of making this documentary right. where, th- where Three Identical Strangers was an interesting story but a lot of it was like okay let's do some zooms on some old photos let's right. get some people in a room and and interview them but there wasn't a lot like especially exciting yeah. going on and then yeah. even though it was an interesting story the documentary itself never really was able to get to the end of the story either because all of this information is kind of locked away and they couldn't get right. access to it so <laughs> I can yeah. I guess I can kind of see why that didn't get in. I'm yeah. excited to see the other three nominees because I haven't watched them yet. Um and so maybe after watching those I'll have a better idea of You'll get it. Yeah, of like why they got nominated. Which is yeah. always fun at this time of year. I think I was looking through the list of nominees and there's eleven movies that I haven't seen yet, and then of course all of the shorts. So I'm excited to like watch those knowing now what they were nominated for, so you can kind of like watch them and see like oh yes that really is a a great feature of this film yeah i've been putting off watching the ballad of buster scruggs or whatever because i just don't care but (laughs) i guess it's time the academy has spoken but really another thing that upset me was the cinematography and maybe i just don't understand like what exactly classifies cinematography But I was, again, shocked about Beale Street, shocked about um, First Man, even though I didn't even like it. And then Widows, really, I thought was so amazing. But maybe I need to look into this more because is First Man just not relevant because it's like a lot of CGI or something? No, 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 no. First Man should have definitely been nominated. Cinematography is like lighting and like the shots. And I think that... First man, you know, like they're they had to do the lighting for a, 
a moon landing in a quarry somewhere yeah. in Georgia. Like that, yeah. <laughs> it definitely deserved that nomination. And I think if Beale Street could talk did too. The weird one for me is like, why was A Star is Born nominated here? But this is yeah. one of those categories where you can see the foreign influence because Cold War, Never (laughs) Look Away, and Roma are all foreign films. And The Favorite is a British movie. So, I mean, it's like not, it's in English, but it's it's still like on that bubble. And maybe once I watch Cold War and Never Look Away, I'll have more respect for their cinematography. But when these (laughs) nominations came out, I was like, why is A Star is Born getting this when First Man and Beale Street is not? Yeah. (laughs) Where's First Man was my response to everything. (laughs) Yeah. Just went through. Animated feature film. Where's First Man? Like, (laughs) yeah. What are they doing? Foreign film. Where's First Man? I think the funnest category maybe to talk about the like always the most random is visual effects, <laughs> which is where they get yeah. in. It, this is like CG and it's where they right. put in all of like the big blockbustery movies. And this oh, yeah. year's first man made it. Yeah. yeah first man here. <laughs> Thank goodness. This is, this is basically like, remember all those movies that Matthew liked that nobody else liked. We're all going to nominate <laughs> yeah. them all in one category. Honestly, that's true. Even Avengers, huh? Oh gosh, no. Avengers Affinity War is the outlier. <laughs> but then we have Christopher Robin, which is so good for those sweet little so stuffed cute. animals. First Man, they great. They are very cute. Solo, a Star Wars story, which, <laughs> let's be honest, people, was a really great Star Wars no, movie that y'all hated because Harrison yourself. Ford wasn't Stop in it. Stop talking. And I will defend a Solo. And I think this is the start of a turnaround for that movie. People uh-huh, are going to realize it's an sure, Oscar-nominated yeah. film. Because that worked for that and worked they're for ready Suicide for Squad, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. How dare you mention those two movies in the same <laughs> sentence? That is ignorant and you know it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm frankly shocked that Mission Impossible didn't get any technicals because that movie, however you want to cut it, wherever you fall, and if it was enjoyable or not, was still a masterpiece in technicalities. Like, I just was surprised that you know, Solo or even Ready Player One or something. Like, I wish Mission Impossible had gotten some respect somewhere. Either sound editing or something or yeah, the, whatever. I, <laughs> I was trying to figure out, like, okay, where would Mission Impossible land? And I think this is where that bit comes in where every year people are like, why isn't there a stunt category? Like, why isn't there a stunt category? Oh, that yeah. should be a, a section yeah. of the Oscars. It and I should. think, and that is like where that movie would you know yeah. thrive because visual effects is like commute computer generated animation like that i mean ready player one is basically all computer <laughs> generated animation and the yeah and mission impossible doesn't really have that i mean it's like so yeah i think it's like the editing maybe man. yeah yeah i just wanted it somewhere maybe if I tom cruise had to... sung a song <laughs> yeah <laughs> That could have worked. But yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see how this plays out. I mean, it will make it more interesting because I honestly, I don't know what will win everything. And I think we'll be like our Golden Globe predictions oh, might gosh. be better than our Oscar predictions. There's no point. way. There's not a way in the world. <laughs> we were so bad at the Golden so, Globes. Ugh. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> That was a that was a train wreck on so many levels. <laughs> so of the like just kind of like gun to your head, you have to like what are the what are the awards that you are the three awards that you are like most sure of like this is winning? I know that Shallow will win best song. Yeah. 
I believe in my heart of hearts that Spider-Man will win Best Animated. And oh, I don't know. I guess this is where I think I want to... I mean, gun to my head. I guess I would say... Oh, this is too hard. I don't know. I guess for best picture, I would say Roma. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are good picks. Uh, to give like different ones, I think Alfonso Coron <laughs> for Roma for director, I feel oh, like yeah. is a safe bet. De- I also think safer, Roma yeah. for foreign film is a safe bet. Oh, yeah. Well, then it's not going to win best. Dang it. No, I think I think it could. I mean, if you look <laughs> at how many nominations it got. It got friggin' weird best supporting yeah. actress nominations for things that it like had. <laughs> like that woman has not been nominated once this whole season for anything. And then she shows up here on the yeah. Oscars. That to me signals like these people friggin' love Roma they love and they want to vote for it. Yeah. I, yeah. if I had to pick a third, I'm going to go out and say Regina King is going to win. I think that she oh, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good. That's a safe bet. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think she deserves it. That's a great um, way to honor Beale Street, which didn't get a lot of other nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I could see Beale Street walking away with Regina King and with the score, which would be two Oscars. I hope so. And I could see a star is born walking away with only one. So, <laughs> you know, maybe there's justice in the world. Victory is ours. Yeah, we called it. A star is born sucks, y'all. And then a first <laughs> man could win up. all four of the things it's nominated <laughs> for. And it would be a happy day for the both of us. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're hoping what for. Even, what Just... even did, was first man nominated for? Now I'm going back through. Like, um, sound editing and sound mixing. <laughs> uh, visual effects. Those are good. And production it design. Stands it, could, it could win those. You know, yeah. it could. It could walk away with all that, Matt. I'm, uh, I'll pray for you. Yeah. Keep you in my thoughts. <laughs> yes, yes. Thoughts and prayers, please, everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to start a GoFundMe <laughs> account for... <laughs> Yeah. First man's Oscar campaign. Uh, it really yeah. just needs needs the love. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on the Oscars of this year's nominations? I mean, it's going to be a interesting, maybe hot mess. There's no host and no front runners, so who knows? You know, it'll be it'll make it interesting. I guess there is see how it goes yeah while i'm watching this there will not be like a, oh like let me go get snacks because i you know like know what's <laughs> yeah. gonna happen this is going yeah. to be like sheer guesswork the entire time and <laughs> and even the things yeah. that you think could win, like like i am pretty certain that shallow is going to win but like a star is born wasn't getting a lo- all the love that it probably should right. have in these nominations so i could kind of see you know like if these people don't necessarily love a star is born as much as we think it's going to that something like yeah. uh black panther could come out of nowhere and and snag that song spot because i think people love black panther and if you're going for like hey we want to be diverse we want to be young we want to get the the like the young people in on this that that could be an easy way to yeah. vote for that and the the black panther soundtrack was nominated for grammys so it's not like it's like a yeah. fluff like a, a fluff nomination like it's it's there to compete yeah, yeah well a star is born is about show business and hollywood loves freaking patting themselves on the back for being in show business so <laughs> yeah i wouldn't hold my breath i guess yeah i mean i'm not but either we'll see. but but i feel like it could it like it's it is yeah like it's everything is so up in the air and it's so hard to predict that it like anything could happen yeah for sure it'll be interesting for sure so i guess moving into love it or hate it was there i mean we were basically together for 
the the majority <laughs> of this week. But was there something that you were really, you know, strongly supporting or again that we saw? Yeah, I mean, watched? I think this is a first in our in the history of our podcast, the history of our friendship. I finally took a recommendation seriously from you. Oh my gosh. You made me and my husband start Riverdale. Yes! Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Don't wait a second. This comes with a quick aside. It's a dumb show and it's frankly very frustrating to watch because these parents are like the worst parents and these 15-year-olds, I'm pretty sure they're all supposed to be 15 in this first season. Yeah act like they're freaking 23 nothing makes sense parents just walk into the school willy-nilly to like talk to whatever kid they feel like they have a freaking lounge for students (laughs) during class out it all bothers me but i just wanted to let you and our listeners know that i finally took a recommendation to heart and i'm watching it so how far are you (laughs) We're on episode 12. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It is. You do not watch this show because it's like a good show or because it makes sense or because the writing is good or the acting is good or anything like that. You watch Riverdale solely because it is like a hot mess of epic, laughable proportions. And there is no better comedy on TV than watching (laughs) Archie and Veronica try to like (laughs) claw their way through problems. That being said, I feel like I won't like the next couple seasons. I won't like the other seasons as much as this one, just because this one feels sort of contained. Whereas what I've read about the next seasons feels really crazy, really all over the place, totally like unrealistic in a really unrealistic way. So I don't know if I'll stick with it, but season one has the murder mystery thing enough to keep it interesting so yeah season one definitely is like the most similar to a <laughs> like normal tv it's like you know contained. it's like a, yeah. it's like a, it's like a slightly heightened one tree hill season two is, yeah. is bonkers and season three <laughs> is like on a different planet it is so bizarre yeah. like i was what i watched the most so... <laughs> recent episode that came out and and half of the time i'm just like like what is happening but so if you're watching <laughs> yeah. it for like character development or whatever in the first season or like figure out who committed the crime that yeah those things me. don't necessarily hold on in season two but if you're watching <laughs> it because like what is going on here like this is a beautiful train wreck to watch then season two delivers in a big way. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll get updates from well, you. I'm watching it. Yes. So, yeah. What about you? Love it or hate it? Uh, so we also watched this together. Um, <laughs> I loved the Fire Festival documentary. Oh yes, which one? The Fire, the one on Netflix. I haven't oh, seen yeah. the yeah, yeah, the yeah. Hulu one. Which I, you saw the Hulu one though? Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I watched both. And while I was watching it, I I was like, this story is crazy and like so insane and, and very interesting to watch. Sort of like Riverdale in this like hot mess train wreck kind of way. <laughs> but the longer yeah. that I've been thinking about it after watching it, just the more insane it is like like things just keep <laughs> dawning on me like why didn't they do this like why did like how did this happen like the yeah. fact that the the whole festival was very clearly like in 
the crapper and was not going to be a success. <laughs> and yet somehow or another, they still flew hundreds of people to this <laughs> deserted island with no way of getting them off and with really no food or water for them is yeah. mind blowing. Like, how did they get to that point? <laughs> how did like how did it actually happen that people showed up there? So and there is yeah. and, and I was talking with people in my office like and they were saying, you know, like a, every documentary needs like one scene where you're just like blown over by the craziness of yeah. something that actually happened. And I don't want to <laughs> say what that scene was in this, but we were watching it and we're just like shouting with how like yeah. crazy the it fact that this wild. is real life. And you and if you watch it, it's on Netflix. If you watch it, this moment will come and you will know because there is like, there's nothing yeah. else that like e- the whole thing is crazy. And this is like <laughs> 10 steps beyond that. <laughs> yeah, It was great. And I watched the Hulu one and I'll say it was interesting to have both because they share very different information. I think the Netflix one is definitely produced better, but it is definitely skewed for me because it's produced by the same media company, Jerry Media, that helped promote the Fire Festival. So it's weird that they never address that, never really talk to the Jerry Media people, whereas they do in the Hulu doc. But the Hulu doc has its own moral um, quandary because they paid the main Billy, the designer of this debacle to be in the documentary which is a big no-no so they're both like they're both bad morals you know they break their ethical code but they're interesting so i definitely enjoyed the netflix one more but the hulu one's worth checking out if you can't get enough of the fire (laughs) the fire festival yeah and it was in it i feel like it it was a pretty fast watch the netflix one like what was it like an hour and a half maybe it was yeah i think so it was like very breezy (laughs) and it's on netflix so if you're just like chilling at your house trying to figure out what you're gonna watch this weekend i would recommend that (laughs) as a solid option yeah, yeah, two dumpster fire shows to pick from. You yes. have Fire and you have Riverdale. So, and I mean, spoiler alert: Fire is currently sitting at my number one slot on the 2019 oh. movie list. Not much competition, Whoa, but what? it's there. Oh man! Well, next week we're talking about Glass, so we'll have to see how that dropped below. Yeah, Glass. Fire. Glass sitting at number two out of two. So. <laughs> yeah i mean we'll have lots lots to talk about with glass because that is another that is another movie that has a lot going on in there so (laughs) i'm excited for that and it'll be a nice little break we'll get to watch that before jumping back into our you know kind of like oscar end of the 2018 movie cycle podcast yeah so I'm excited to, yes. to see what 2019 has in store. Oh, some good stuff. That's for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to follow us on social media, that would be great. We're PS You're Wrong on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And also, you can leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe. Um, reviews are always really helpful because it helps more people see our podcast, which is great unless you hate us and then you're not great. So <laughs> don't leave a review. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly just leave good reviews. <laughs> don't leave a bad review. If you're going to leave yeah. a bad review, just like go away. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for listening, guys. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.